As a young person growing up, I would often watch and admire the best of the best. And at that time, it was Tiger Woods, it was later Rory McIlroy, it was Annika Sorenstam, it was David Duvall, it was the latter years of John Daly, uh, all the players from that era. And as a young person, I didn't have a golf coach. So all I could really do is just observe great golfers and learn what I could learn and pick up what I could pick up from them. I had a great golf mentor who was my high school golf coach, and he taught me a lot about the game. As far as technique goes, I didn't have anyone to lead that conversation or to point me in the right direction. I was always kind of floating around looking on my own, and I had some natural talent, so I relied on that. But I would have made it so much further had I had a good ear to lean on. So that's, that's some wisdom from someone who's had some years playing this game now. If you have a great mentor or someone who can help you with your technique, use them. Whether that's a golf coach, your local golf pro, whoever that is, uh, lean on them. Golf technique is hard, it's difficult, and it takes time and effort. But once you, once you build good technique, it is a bit like riding a bike. Like It's not going to up and disappear on you. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Tim Connor. I am your host. I teach golf all day long. That's all I really do. I teach golf and help golfers with their golf game. I run this golf academy and business, so all the adjacent things that go with that. But this podcast is dedicated to helping you, you, with your golf learning curve. I want to make sure you have all the tools, resources, and best practices at your disposal to understand the game at a deeper level, understand where you're at, where you're going, and just help steer your ship the right direction. Uh, this game is a journey for all of us. You never win that journey. You just inch your boat a little more forward or a little more backward. And at the end of the day, if we can get a little better every day, that adds up in the long run. Now, circling back, as a young person, all I did was really watch golfers and observe them. So I could pick up on a couple cues and uh, that was a good thing. So I wanna dig a little deeper with you today and talk about some of the nuances of how great golfers swing. And I wanna highlight Rory McIlroy today. If you were to watch a lot of golfers swing, I bet Rory, if you were to walk down the golf range and poll golfers as to who they thought, as to who had the best golf swing, I bet you Rory would come up in a lot of conversations. I know he would, because I've asked golfers before myself. And uh, there's a reason for that. He's got a lot of game. He's got a beautiful golf swing, very aesthetically pleasing. He hits a hard, he hits a high, he hits it far. So I think there's a lot we can learn from the best. Now, it's kind of an age-old debate with in the golf pro community is should we be comparing amateurs to professionals? Is their learning curve the same? And I don't think that's true. I don't think amateurs, the same things are important for amateurs are the same things that are important for professionals. But if we're to draw a Venn diagram on the screen, you remember that from high school, I'm surprised I got the name right. I think it's a Venn diagram. We got two circles and what's important for an amateur and what's important for a, a pro. There's a plenty of overlap. And I wanna talk about some of that overlap today. So things you can learn from Rory McIlroy, one of the greatest swingers of our era and golfers, one of the best hitters and ball strikers. Let's dig in and uh, talk a little more about that. Balance. I talk so often with my golfers about holding their finish. It's a trait of an elite player. An elite player will finish in a balanced position. Balance is something that's developed over time, and we all have different levels of balance. Could you hop on a skateboard and ride it? Maybe, maybe not. Could you stand on one leg? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Wherever you're at with your balance today, 
we want to develop that over time. We want to have great balance. Great balance is an indicator of proficiency with a golf club in your hands, a sign of mastery with the club in your hands. Great players are balanced. Rory is so balanced when he finishes. Uh, it's inspiring to watch, to be honest. He's very, very good that way. Now, some finer points to being balanced. We need things working together. We need your body in good positions to be balanced. So when you're in your finished position, particularly, which is what I hound on people so often, get balanced when you finish, hang out there. Even if you don't finish in a good position, put yourself in a good position and hang out. The ball's not going anywhere. Watch your ball fly and take a second just to register. Where's my balance? What is my body doing? Because you're going to fall out of balance, but the more often you practice being balanced, the more often you will be balanced and the more often you will have better ball flight. Now, a good finished position, I'll give you a couple cues. One, we want our joints extended vertically from our ankles through our vertebrae. We're standing up all the way, tall, chest proud, belly forward, and just a slight arch in your upper back. That arch in your upper back, and, and a trick to that is keeping your belly and core tight when you finish. Your belly and your core is there to help protect your core and everything around it. So if you go soft in your belly, you could potentially overextend your lower back, and we don't want that. We want your belly to be tight and have just a smidge of back bend with your upper back extension. To do that, we want to be joints vertical, belly forward, upper body leaning back just a hair. And hang, play around with it. Hang out. Make sure make sure you're, you're learning what you're feeling and you're doing as much as your body will let you do. It's, uh, it's one of those things, if you haven't practiced rotating to a full finish, you, your body's probably not going to get there without some sort of creaks and cracks and stuff like that if you've, if you've never been there. We want our belly facing the target, we want our chest facing the target, and we want our rear toe elevated off the ground. That is a balanced finish position. Don't overlook something so simple as that because if I just wanted to give you some blanket advice that was awesome, I would tell you to hold a balanced finish position. Learn what that feels like. If you can't do it, fake it till you make it, mock it up. That stuff really adds up, all right? I've had some pretty good hitters in here or some some people that had pretty good swings, but they had really poor balance. And I just really had to work hard with them to get it in their head that, hey, we need proficiency in that balance position, in that finish position, because if we don't have it, it's going to change so much of how you come through the ball. So be balanced, weight forward, belly forward, back slightly arched, and uh, watch a Rory McIlroy video. And don't be, don't be surprised if you can't get to where he is. He's been playing the game since like four years old, something like that. But uh, do your best, be balanced, and it will help with your golf scores and your ball striking as a whole. Arc width. Now, when I'm talking about arc width, I'm talking about if you're watching me from the front as if you're watching on YouTube, If you, and if you're listening to this, the podcast is available on YouTube now, so I'll always have some visuals and you'll get to see a little more if you want to watch it. But arc width. So I'm referring to the distance from your chest to your hands. A lot of of amateur golfers have narrow arc width. They let their arms get soft and they let their hands get closer to their chest. And that creates a lot of problems as far as instability with the club. But the main pro the main opportunity we're losing as well is the ability to create speed through a relatively rigid system. So when you have good arc width and your arms are away from your chest, you can create a lot more speed. Also, arc width is referring to the total width from our chest to our club. So more arc width is having the club further from our chest or hinging it later. If you're an early hinger of the club, 
you're losing your potential for speed. It is possible to hinge the club early and play good golf, but with everything comes compromise. So if you're hinging it early, you're losing your potential for speed. I prefer the club is close to fully hinged by the time by the time the lead arm is parallel to the ground. One of my favorite ways to practice arc width is just to swing back, pause, and push your arms away from your body. Now don't let your scapula round out when you're doing that. Keep your scapula nice and neutral, or if you can imagine your shoulder blades close to your spine. Don't let your scapula round forward to help you try to create more arc width. Arc width is a really good thing though, and low key, a lot of golfers particularly let their their trail arm or their right arm for the right-handed golfer fold back and they lose their arc width and they lose control of the club. So get you some arc width, watch some Rory McIlroy for a fantastic example of somebody who creates a lot of arc width and that leads to a lot of speed. Finally, a very complex topic to describe, but the loading and the unloading of the club. So that refers to the hinge of the club, particularly in the downswing, how well the wrists are hinged back until the, the moment of truth when we hit the golf ball and then how well those wrists unload into the golf ball, meaning the release of the club or the straightening of the club with your lead arm. Rory is an expert at loading and unloading the club. He's got one of my absolutely favorite swings to watch someone who creates a lot of arc width in the backswing. Then in the downswing, he creates great hinge, great loading of the club. And that loading is unloaded really nicely through the golf ball. He's just so good at it. I strive to get there personally and I'm not there. So if you want a prime time example of how to load and unload the club, how to create some really great leg and how to unload that leg, check out, watch, watch some Rory swings. He's incredible. Now the net benefit of this is a couple of things. One, we're maximizing the amount of speed we can create in our downswing by having good angle. And then unloading that angle at the right time as well is also a skill. And that's helping you again maximize speed and hit the ground in the right place. So when you unload the club early, like most people, casting the club, if you've ever heard of that, casting the club is straightening it out too early. That's the, the term's been thrown around for a long time. Casting the club is a major amateur problem. That's why I'm a big advocate for learning to load and unload the club like Rory. Now there are pieces that need to go with that. We're not gonna dig in too much today, but often when you have more angle or leg in your downswing, most people leave the face a little more open. So that's the part that needs to go along with that. As one little bonus I wanna leave you with, to me, Rory is really one of the people that pioneered hitting it relatively high and straight almost all the time. Like I heard, I heard a story once at Rory playing in Ireland when it was windy and rainy and, and most players would flight the ball down and he would just hit it high and hit it straight and his ball would go a long way. With modern equipment, that's possible. So what I want you to take away from this is like aim to hit the ball high and straight. I've never seen an amateur hit it too high without flipping their wrists. So most amateurs that hit it too high are casting the club and adding loft to the club. If you're not adding loft to the club, it's nearly impossible to hit it too high. All right. Once you start seeing a total height of maybe more than 140 feet or 45 meters, yards, then you're starting to get on the upper echelon of height. But until you get to that point, you're not hitting it too high. And I've had people come to me often and say, I think I'm hitting it too high. And they're just not, they're not hitting it too high. So hit a high, hit it straight, have low spin on it, have a properly fit club. And that's a ball that plays. It plays in the wind all day. Modern equipment is capable of just 
hitting it high and straight. And that's cool. It's something we all should strive for. I want you to have a couple key takeaways today. This is all good kind of blanket advice that I think most of us could benefit from. You can never, your balance can never be too good. Having arc width is a great thing. Loading, learning to load and unload the club with a great sequence is amazing. These are all traits of elite players. Rory's a great example. He's the peak of the peak. And at the end of the day, uh, he's special. He's doing, he's, he's doing what he's doing for a reason. Great golfers are great. They're, they're where hard work meets talent and um, works hard and works smart. Anyway, you all, thank you for hanging out for another podcast. Uh, leave this thing a review. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you'd like to see next. I don't know what you don't know. Share it with a friend. Share it with a slicer in your group. We're going to make 2023 your best golfing year yet. And I will catch you back here same time, same place next week. He's crazy. <laughs>